is it just going to be a parking lot full of Al and Tipper Gore kind of people? Beach Boys? Yes, that's a good one. So, did you listen to the to the Terry I did. Gross stuff? I, I heard the Terry Gross interview, which was really good. Um, and what's interesting is that it was with one of the writers who I guess wrote um, or co-wrote the Todd Haynes film, I'm Not There, as you told me, uh, which I thought was really interesting. But what was one of the more interesting parts of the conversation was him describing when he was in the Israeli army and um, why, and he didn't get into it, and unfortunately Terry Gross didn't pursue it, but um, why that was a difficult time for him and why he can no longer live in Israel as a result. I, I was pretty interested in that. I mean, it's funny. Terry Gross is is infamous in my mind as being an interviewer who just doesn't follow the bouncing ball down, no, the, she missed down the corridor. That. I don't know how she missed that. Yeah. She misses a lot. She's um and and I actually think it's it's kind of this fatal flaw in her style cuz she's based in Philadelphia. Most of the people she interviews are based in LA or New York cuz they're culture, TV, entertainment related. She does it all through an ISDN line. She's not in the room with these people. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm not even sure she's looking at them in a camera. Like it might just be pure audio and she misses out on so much because of that. But it's like, wow, here's the story. This guy, how did he become the the guy who happens to write two very experimental biopics about great musicians? And like the fact that in the Beach Boys movie, they have two different actors playing the same role. I mean, very similar to what happened in in, uh, I'm Not There. Like... Yeah, he was super fascinating, and his whole backstory about how he came to it was just amazing. Yeah, how he um, had run into someone in the movie business in Hebron who was trying to get footage, and he, as a soldier, had to tell him to move on. And, um, you know, he got his card and contacted him when he got to the States. It's Yeah, it's fascinating. Now, Hebron was one of the places you visited, right? It was, yeah. I've been there um, a couple of times now. Um, and that's where there, you know, there's a big IDF force, the Israeli Defense Force, the soldiers stationed there to protect the Israeli settlers who've settled in basically the middle of this huge Arab town of Hebron. So they're basically there to protect those settlers. Um, so it's, a, it's obviously a really contentious place. Um, and there's lots of flare ups there, as you can imagine. Now I see the bouncing ball going down the hallway, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but the uh, but yes, and and to pull it back to the um, the interview, I thought it was really good. Um, it, yeah, it makes yeah, me that... really want to see the film, I, and I'm so frustrated. I think it's going to take a while until it comes out here, um, inevitably. So I remember this uh, kind of resurgence in in Brian Wilson and Beach Boys stuff that was probably in the early 2000s and it coincided i think with the smile re-release right, or the yeah. first release of smile and i was on that i was on board with all that then and then i i remember listening to, to the album a few times and then being like yeah this is weird and experimental and fun uh 
but I, I felt like it, uh, I just wasn't getting it. Yeah, uh, you mean Smile, do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, they did release something called Smiley Smile. That's um, the one. Yeah, which I quite like, actually. It was, I think it was, they tried to piece together what was a coherent album from all the mess, and they released that in, I guess, the late 60s, early 70s, something like that. And then it's taken a while for all the sessions, kind of like the basement tapes, to come back together, which they did, I think, in 2004, I think. Um, but yeah, they, I, I don't see the point of having the comprehensive sessions, because it's just kind of all over the place, really. Um, so, at least the one that's somewhat of an album I quite like. So how did you just get bit... And I'm not saying just in terms of, hey, this should have happened a while ago or you're late or anything like that. But how do you feel like you just got bit by the Beach Boys? I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. I think, um, I'm trying to think why. Um, I, you know, I think it's because I keep or have been the last couple of years reading, you know, these best pop albums of all times. And it led me to Pet Sounds, which I'd never really sat down and listened to until a couple of years ago and just loved it. Um, and then from there started getting into the Today album, uh, Sunflower, which I really like, Friends, which is really good. There's some really interesting forgotten Beach Boys albums that are really good. You know how when you grow up with music around, let's say, um, Wouldn't It Be Nice? It's just a song. You grew up with that as part of the American vernacular of in the, it was in the air from the 70s through the 90s. Let's say late 80s, really. It was just a sound, right? It was like part of air. Like the funny thing is, is that when you take time away from something like that, let's say, so I've taken a lot of time away from thinking or listening or about to, to the Beach Boys. And then if you just isolate it as just this thing, as like a new thing, yeah. if you listen to that with new ears, it's like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like yeah. just, how, just their sound, like what is their sound? is so distinctive and so unique and so weird. It's almost weird that it became popular, that teenagers in the 60s were like, oh, I love this. It's like this weird atonal, somewhat experimental harmonies that blend beautifully and come apart. I mean, it's... Yeah, which they kind of, you know, they they dub the West Coast sound, which is interesting because jazz, I suppose, in the same sense has its West Coast jazz component in much the same way that i suppose pop does because what does. would yeah so who would who would have been considered um i guess well, Dave brubeck maybe or no it was um it was the trumpeter who was the white who was a white guy and he had a heroin problem yes i and know he was baby uh, and, like and i yeah. can't think of his name chet Steve baker Hay- maybe that's it Chet Baker, yeah, which is another interesting um, kind of uh, story. There's a great documentary on him that I've wanted to watch, and I've, I've just not gotten around to. It's supposed to be really good. Okay, speaking of great documentaries, I just saw the ball go into a different corridor. I'm going to run over here. Yeah. <laughs> I I started watching something last night that blew my mind it, and it, at how good it was and how it's news to me. This guy's been making documentaries for the BBC forever. His name's mm-hmm. Adam Curtis. I don't know. I mean, I might have seen one of his documentaries. I don't know his name particularly. 
So I just kind of uh, stumbled across his stuff, and uh, his latest movie is called Bitter Lake, and it's about Afghanistan, but it's not just about the war now. It's about the entire history of that place and what it was like when England had control of it and what the Soviets did, and it's, it's exhaustive and beautiful. And, and some of the footage he has in there is stuff that I I just can't even imagine, and it's unbelievable to watch. Really, a is it of, a BBC documentary? Then it is. It's got right. the watermark in it, you know. Right. And and I, I guess it came out last year, so I was like, oh, I got to ask Eddie if he's seen this or heard about it. No, um, no, I haven't. They've got this footage. Um, a lot of the footage is incredible, and there's a lot of blood and guts. There's a lot of war stuff that's not easy to see. There's this one amazing passage, and it's a single take. It's probably three minutes long, and it's of Hamid Karzai's uh, motorcade, like leaving a compound, and you and and he's it's Afghanistan, right? So it's not he doesn't leave on a paved road. Hmm. There isn't like um, they didn't block traffic. And so his cars are kind of rumbling out and all these people are coming up to his window and saying, hey, 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 hey. And the last thing you see is this kid kind of coming up to the side of his window. And you're like, wow, Karzai has his window down in the motorcade and is just greeting people on the street. This is weird. And then you hear, of course, the pop, 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 pop of what sound like firecrackers, but it's just like total mayhem and guns are going off and people are dropping dead everywhere and it's just total mayhem but the camera man keeps filming through it and is like 10 feet away from all this stuff happening wow. and it's uh i've never seen it before and um i'd like to kind of go back and find out when it's from maybe it's four or five years old but it's it's uh it's unreal footage wow yeah and it I'd captures it captures this this mania of of wealth and uh, privilege, meeting the kind of dirt streets of the developing world. Like at one point, after you know the the camera pans over to these bodies, it goes back to the Escalade as it's or you know whatever kind of sport utility vehicle is trying to leave with Karzai. And for a second, his right rear tire gets a little stuck in like a sewage ditch on the way away, like trying to leave. And it's just, uh, it's it's horrible and beautiful at the same time. What's the name of this documentary again? It's called Bitter Lake. Bitter Lake. Okay. I'll definitely. Yeah, you will that. love it. You will love the, the World War II and the imperialist stuff that's woven throughout it. It's so good. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm down. That sounds great. Um, hey, I had a question for you, a dad Shoot. question. Uh, Alex is three plus now, and I feel like I can contain her life in my mind. There's yeah. like three phases, the baby phase, the like growing up phase, and now the big girl phase. Right? Yes. yes, which is, uh, in my opinion, the best phase so far. Yeah, big girl yeah. phase is great. <laughs> yeah. um, and big girl phase will continue for the next 15 mm. years, right? But... I can contain it all in my mind, and I wonder what it's like as a parent when you start getting to the place where you can't. You, you kind of can't remember it all. You can't remember the whole thing. You can't be like, "Oh, that's when she was four and a half." Yeah. You know, or that's when she, 
that's like do, do you see what i'm saying yeah but that's like, already um, happening to me and in okay, other words right, like i can't that. remember what's happened when she was a year and a half versus two maybe two and a half versus three she's now past three and a half it's all a bit of a smear you know i can't yeah. I, I can't really pick out the milestones too well so you're I'm, right it's only going to get worse i'm starting to feel that and I, I think that the the thing that helps with the smear is is like three is a very easy number uh in terms of there's a before a middle and an after kind of thing mm. and if you're if you have three folders on your hard drive which i happen to of like the best pictures from year one the best pictures from yeah. year two the best pictures from year three those are the cue cards, essentially, for memory to, to help. That's true. Yeah, photos are good for that. Yeah. But if I get that, once that's up to seven folders. Yeah, well, then that's eight, when you're going to need. Then you're just like, then you're just back to square one. You're just yeah, like. Yeah, but you're going to need. Um, that's where I'm kind of interested, and I'd love to hear your thoughts as well, about what Google and Apple are trying to do to help you index your photos better. So Google Photos, by default, I accidentally signed up for it two years ago and I didn't realize or I had um, auto backup signed up or something on Google Drive but I didn't realize I did um, or I'd forgotten to turn it off and it's been great because I've gone in now to Google Photos and I'll search for toddler dog and I'll see all the pictures of Hattie with a dog um, or I'll type in Bletchley Park and every photo I've taken of Bletchley Park comes up it's crazy how good it is yeah that's it's pretty great and it, it's it's the deal with the devil, right? Um, I know, I know, because they've got all my photos now. They got all my photos, and well, not even that. It's that it's that they're they're performing some of this like uh, machine learning against your photos, which ultimately is to sell better ads to you. Definitely, you know, pricier ads to companies who want to target you. So, um, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That is what it is. But when these things come out, I try I try to. In some ways, outthink them, but in more ways, try to develop a way of using new products that will work for me, that mm -hmm. like empowers me, or I feel like, no, this is the way I would want this product to work. So I'm going to do this, let's say, extra step or less than a step to make it work for me. Like with Instagram now, I just have one picture at a time. I just only have mm -hmm. one picture. I delete. Oh, that's interesting. I delete everything, you know, delete it all. As you go. So, yeah, so I started using Google Photos when it launched, and instead of pointing at pointing it at a folder of photos, I pointed it at uh, my kind of really well organized uh, folder tree of video. Oh, that's interesting. And so I'm using it just for pure video because there has not been a web based solution that works that you can use as an interface for looking at your archive of video, right? Because video yeah. weighs so much and it's so unmanageable. When you and... say point at, did that mean you uploaded those videos to Google? Yeah, so when uh. you you can you can get the Google Photos uploader. Oh right. Okay. Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, for your desktop and then you just you just sync it up with whatever folder you want synced up. Wow, you're definitely abusing the unlimited uh, storage. You should. You should. <laughs> That's you great. Should, That's right? great. Yeah, you should. How and, many gigs like, of video did you upload? I have no idea. Oh, yeah, you guys are data capped and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? well, yeah, except uh, in the office I can do stuff. But, yeah. Uh, so what's to... funny, though, it, it exposes the limits and the focus of what Google's uh, push their machine learning at. Like with video, 
There's no face scanning technology in video yet. There's no place uh, technology yet. I mean, it can't look at it can't look at the EXIF data of a video because that doesn't exist. So those lo- those location coordinates aren't in there. So it it you you get less than the usefulness in terms of Google being able to create these fun things or make it super searchable. But you get a really lightweight, clean front end for all of your video that's accessible anywhere. And I hadn't had a solution for that yet. So you would think that there would be some bad. kind of local. Um searching tool that you could use without having to upload it to Google servers. You would think somebody would be working on some type of software that would help you do that indexing locally. Yeah, you can, you can, oh, so, well, that's another interesting thing is that I've, so that can be done. Um, There haven't been good solutions for that. And on the Mac, they got rid of iPhoto and they rebooted it with this app yeah, called Photos. I, I, haven't, I opened it once and it started asking me to do stuff and I just shut it down. I just because I, you know my Mac, I you know I've got 128 gig SSD and I'm always at about 127 gigs, and so I just can't I can't handle anything downloading anything. Everything goes yeah. haywire. My whole workflow explodes, so I shut so I, it right down. I don't know what it does. I use Photos for video the same exact way. I don't put photos in Photos. I. I, I, I'm, so you can tag it and put any kind of search terms against your video. That's how I do it locally. So mm-hmm. I'm using the iPhoto replacement as a video organizer because Lightroom can't handle it in a way that's manageable. And Photos is doing really well with that. So. Well, Aperture is gone now, right? Yeah. I used to like Aperture. That's a shame. Well, Lightroom's great. Mm, right, okay. <laughs> it's great. It's just as good. It's better, actually, than Aperture. But the weird thing now is that their adobe's put the squeeze on you You used to be able to kind of buy these single versions of lightroom for maybe a hundred bucks or less if you could get a good discount and now they're just pushing everybody into this creative cloud which is this subscription model you know and and i just i hate subscriptions just as a uh, as an idea so you can get like a non-updatable download version that's not Creative Cloud, but it costs it costs like 150 bucks. Yeah, so they're just shoving everybody into that subscription model. Recurring subscriptions. And that's what everybody wants. That's what all businesses that, want. Man, oh god, it's the worst because <laughs> you say you stop wanting to pay your subscription. Something happens with everything. your subscription. Can I somehow look at this stuff it's it's a subscription for life and that's the problem with it well you wouldn't believe how many subscriptions that um our business runs off of it's unbelievable from slack to podio to um zero for accounting to receipt bank for receipts to i mean it just goes on and on um amazon cloud aws is the back end that's just getting into the back end servers and things it's just it's extensive um, which, to be honest, would be kind of difficult. In some ways, it's it's enabled us to do a lot more um, sure. without having to put in a lot of these tools ourselves. But um, you know, each month when I'm going through our outgoings and stuff, you wouldn't believe how much goes into the recurring subscription software bundle. It's it's crazy. It's it's the cost of an of an office space probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely equal to the cost of our office space. It's just shifted over. Yeah. The 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 expenditures just shifted from real space to virtual, virtual space and services. Yeah. Absolutely.
of course, we charge uh, a uh, subscription for our content management system as well. So I can't. There you uh, go. Yeah. I, I, I have to, uh, d- you know, <laughs> give the disclaimer. Well, services. I mean, I don't know. Part of that makes sense, but these these things that used to be uh, discrete packages that you could, you know, use on your on your desktop machine without even being connected to the internet. I don't know. I just don't trust all that stuff. It's weird. I have a very 90s view of that, I guess. Well, and and we're kind of living in an age where web apps are taking over. I mean, in a sense that on your Mac, uh, you know, the Mac App Store is is just it's just drowning. It's going to disappear soon because nobody's downloading Mac apps, native Mac apps. It's just not happening anymore. Everything's happening in the browser. Um, I don't know if you saw, there was this great article a couple of weeks ago about somebody who had released a, an app into the Mac App Store, um, and within a few days it was in the top 10, or it was in, it was at least the top two or three downloaded apps, you know, that little um, meter that you can see that shows the top 10. And he wrote a blog post about it and how shocked he was. He was in the top five Mac apps globally that were being sold currently when he sold about 15 or 20 copies of it. So it just makes you what? think, yeah, that they're, they're really not selling much at all. Um, huh. And it's created this huge um, discussion around, you know, how many apps are actually moving to the app, the, the Mac app store. It's... I, um, I know that there have been companies that have had huge problems with it, like Coda, the people who make Coda, uh, they're out of Portland. It's like this uh, text editor, you know, web thing, web, you know, I don't know what you call those apps that make you build websites. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, where it was like, you can buy this through the Mac App Store or you can download it from us and one gets updated and one doesn't. And mm-hmm. if you've got a serial number for one, you got to merge it over to the, and it's yeah, just yeah, like that's super complicated yeah. and nuts. Yeah, which is um, why a lot of people think, and there was another article on, in the Wall Street Journal, which I'm, I'm sure you heard about, which was this argument that said Apple should stop making the Mac and put all of its focus into iOS devices. So forget about the Mac, forget about the Mac OS, um, which is silly. It's absolutely silly because yeah. I'm so unproductive on iOS devices compared to my Mac. But, you know um, what? I've considered like like I've considered moving to an iPad full like time? to go full iPad. You know, so a I lot of people are starting I to do that. Yeah, I don't know that I could do it, but like uh, okay, here's a, here's an example. At work, I was fortunate enough to get a new war, war, uh, laptop at work and. By fortunate, that's what happens with nonprofits. There just isn't really money for tech upgrades, and we found we found a little grant that allowed us to get me a new laptop. And it was two years ago, and I was like, oh, but I still had to pinch pennies, and like, or felt like I did, and so kind of got the four gigabyte, you know, Mac Pro. And yet, you know, this week it's just not the the machine just needs some help. And so I'm like, well, let's pop in uh, pop in and go up to 8 gig RAM and uh it's unupgradable. Oh yeah, cuz you mean it's a MacBook Pro, is it? MacBook yeah, they Pro, solder right. the RAM to the motherboards now. It's such I mean, a shame. It's crazy. And it's like and 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 we're kind of effed and it's like, oh, I have to buy a whole new logic board in order to upgrade. And that kind of stuff is what will push a person to consider iOS full time. Like, I got a lot of server stuff and writing on the server, and you know, I got a lot of stuff I need to do that seems to require a real machine. 
But I know that you can do that stuff in iOS now. Yeah, it's funny. I'm having the same problem with my MacBook Pro as well. I'm considering selling it and just buying a Mac Mini because I'm using it at the desktop most of the time anyway. Oh, yeah, Mac Mini. Like, you know, just because yeah, yeah, they're great. I mean, they're, they they're you can but they're soldered. Power. They're soldered they're as well. They're soldered. The new ones are soldered. You got to get a two year old one uh, to be able to upgrade it. Right. Yeah, because I want like 16 gigs of RAM. I want to see how high in RAM I can go. We'll Mac really Mini's thumbs thumbs up. I love mine. I've had it for three years, four years now. It's just been great. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's the squeeze. It's it's the same squeeze. It's the question that that the John Gruber guy asked Phil Schiller. You know, in that live. Did yeah, you I saw watch that. that. Yeah, I saw it. Where he's like, "Why are you still making sixteen gig iPhones?" Yeah, it's true. And I, and you know the. So we're two family members on 16 gig iPhones, and we're both just like in pain from it because yeah, you have to dump they, photos off all the time. I guess right? I, I can't. I don't have any music on my phone. I don't have any photos on my phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's like because it's an it's essentially an 11 gig phone, and then you've got seven gigs of app with three gigs of operating room for those apps. I mean, it's. So, uh, I mean, anyways, downloading podcasts is a pain. Forget it. I can't do it anymore. Every time an update comes, do you have to just delete apps to be able to fit the update on? Yeah, I was actually uh, delete for a few like during the spring. I was deleting podcasts in order to take pictures. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. And then I was like, okay, Overcast. I'm pulling it off of this phone. Like yeah. I can't. I can't do this. And now it's just barely functioning. And the thing I didn't realize is that with the 6, I guess, it comes in at 16 gigs, and the second model 64. Yeah, yeah, the middle they one is 64. They know what they're doing is wrong. Definitely, definitely. If they, they Or they would have put a 32 in there. They know what they're doing. And yeah, they're it's horrible. Assholes for it. Yeah, it's horrible. It, it is horrible. They want more people to do to uh, back up all of their photos on iCloud and pay crazy iCloud prices. Um, Never. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, and you know what I've taken to doing? I downloaded this great app, uh, and I can't think of the name of it now, but it's an iPhone. Um, space clearing app so it helps people with 16 gig iphones which my wife has um wow. so i've got it i plug it into my computer every two weeks and clean out um cash and all kinds of stuff to just take you know whatever precious space we can back dump all of our photos back all our photos up erase all our photos it's an every two right. week process which i'm sure you know well yeah yeah um yeah i'd love to know what that is so yeah send that to me we'll i will it. i will We'll put it in the show notes. Put it notes. in the show notes. You know, in fact, I'll tell you. You keep talking. Hey, I'll tell you what it is in one second. So, uh, did I tell you about my hole-in-one? No, you didn't. Tell me about the hole-in-one. It's a couple weeks ago. It was in May. But there's kind of a cool second story that's come out of it. Okay, so I it's a par 4. You know what a par 4 is, I do. Right? Yeah, I know what that is. So, I made a hole-in-one on a par 4, which was 280 yards, and I hit it in with a three wood and that doesn't happen very often but it's so it, it's also called an albatross yeah why or it or a double eagle so oh it's okay an eagle but it's double it's you know one stroke better than an eagle so it's called an albatross or a double eagle but it was also you know it was a hole in one <laughs> so good. it was cool it's my first one and i had two of my friends there who actually like got to see it and like they That's took good. a picture and we we got all dorky about it so that was fun 
But then when I, a couple weeks later, I got, I was at home and I was thinking about this picture we have in the house. And it's one of the few things that was in my grandfather's house. And my grandpa kind of got me into golf as a kid, but I'd only play once a year with him because I didn't have clubs, but what, you know, and it's expensive. So he, so I got this thing from his house and it's a caricature drawing of his face. You know, those like you stop at a street vendor and they draw your yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's of that style and it's his head on a golf tee with like little sprigs of grass. Hmm. So it's like he, his head is a golf ball and it says hole in one. And then it says May 18th, 1965. And I, I was like, wait a second. This, I think my hole-in-one was on the Man. 50th anniversary. You're kidding. Really? It was on May 18th? <laughs> May 14th. Oh, okay. Still, that's pretty good, though. That's pretty close. That's so pretty I was close. off by four days. That's and, like, fun. I still think that's incredible. I think that's incredible because um, in a weird kind of way, like, when I play golf, I think about, his name was Beecher. I think about Beecher a lot, and mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, he's kind of around. Or, you know, like, there's this weird pseudo-spirituality with playing golf and this connection to dead people and generations past, which sounds bizarre, but um, that's, it's actually kind of true. I feel that way about it. And, uh I feel that way about and, baseball. So why? I yeah, don't... yeah. There you go. Yeah. And but I, so I missed it by four days, and I was like, "Well, you know, that's still pretty much the 50th anniversary." I told my my golfing friends about it, and they were like, "Oh, you were four days off? Oh, that sucks!" <laughs> like <laughs> they completely made it yeah, null and void. Exactly. They're like, "Hey, man, it wasn't on the same." Yeah, day. yeah. So you know, I'm like, close, but no what? <laughs> So here's my my dad or family question for you. Um, what is what is it like in your preparation for the second one that's coming and how is that preparation different i mean obviously you know what's coming so you're not as i would think you're not as stressed right uh that'd be my not, assumption not as stressed but i know that the reality of when it hits it's just gonna just be like this tidal wave and and it's gonna blow over us in a way that's gonna be super unpredictable i have yet to kind of prepare the nursery Oh, okay. That's okay. What I should probably be doing today and this weekend. Um, Presumably, you thought thing. everything. It's all Alex's stuff, right? So you kept. Everything. Yeah. Well, so we've got to basically build this new room for Alex. And, oh, okay. And her big girl she'll room. be taking over my own studio, my old studio, which is like, you know, there's uh, just tons of books and tons of stuff, and you know, it's it'll be fun to do that, but. Uh, here's, here's the thing that's unexpected is that, okay, let's say your wife's pregnant for the first time. Like there's something genuinely like weird and interesting about pregnancy, about this belly, about this like thing in there. Like, Oh, let me rub the belt. Let me yeah, talk yeah. to the belly. Let me like, let me like say hi and introduce myself to the belly, you know, whatever it is. Um, and the second time around, I like, <laughs> I'm just super neutral and on the kind of the not caring uh, side of that and I, I recognize that in myself and I, I'm trying to get better and spend more time and attention around this this kid uh, that's developing but I'm really like oh yeah she's pregnant you know, like, yeah. she's like, well you know probably... you know what's happening you're, you're not going to be yeah, of, I, yeah I feel yeah. like I'm not paying enough attention to this kid in process and what remind me again what the uh, the target uh, time frame we're looking at here 
September 10th. September. Okay. Okay. So you got the summer um, to prepare. And, and, you know, it's exciting for Alex, no doubt, because she's going to have a big girl room and she's going to yeah. really be the big girl now. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. We're, we're all looking forward to it. I don't know how the hell we're going to manage it. The, the, the middle class family with two working parents and two kids who, who you know, we're, we don't have a nanny and we don't have live-in help. We don't have all the things that, that the kind of upper class can afford or that the lower class can spend time on. Mm. You know, like, oh, if we, if we were making half as much money, one of us would be home and like, could take care of everything. Like, yeah, yeah. We're in that weird pinch point, that economic pinch point. But, so that's a concern, but you know, that's a concern millions, millions of people have and we'll figure it out. Um, and you don't know, yeah. you don't know yet, boy or girl or anything like that. Nope. Yeah. And we're gonna try to. Because you didn't know before either with with Correct. Alex, right? Okay. Cool. Good. Good. Yeah, man. Crazy, crazy, dude. I can't wait to find out more. Just keep me updated. So quickly before we go, yeah. are you? So yeah. you're signed up for these dead shows, these live streaming dead shows. Can you? Yes. Are you going to try to record that? Any? Uh, is there any way to record that? Or is that just too much trouble? I uh, screencasting HD like is it takes a lot of horsepower. I've yeah, tried it a few times. It, it's okay for a minute or two, but for like two hours, it's just not going to work. And you're going to watch it live then. You're not going to watch. So you're going to watch them actually live. Nice. Yeah, Saturday night at 10 o'clock. I, I told Allison this morning, I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm going to be watching this. And I'm like, it's... And the weird part is that it's like, oh, it's the Grateful Dead's last shows. And it's like, it's not the it's Grateful not, It's Dead. not them. I know. I know. It's really funny. But they will be playing all Grateful Dead songs, presumably, right? Yeah. And is there any set list pre-released? Or is it... No. Right? Okay, so everybody's just going to be kind of hoping and praying. And then when they hear their song, um, I I don't know I don't know I there's something so kind of uh, s- sad and not not like uh, oh Jerry's dead sad but just kind of pathetic sad mm. about the whole thing I I can't embrace the celebration this like oh great American bands playing their last it's mm. it, the whole thing just is so weird and strange that I feel like I need to be uh, a fly on the wall as the as that car crash kind of I want to hear about it so that's Saturday it's this Saturday you're gonna be watching it yeah oh cool about- we'll be able to talk about it next week cool I really yeah, want to yeah. hear about it <laughs> Because it's not going to be like, I kind of picture it's either going to be like The Last Waltz, which I can't imagine it would ever be a quality like that, because... No, I those watched guys that were at their like height. three weeks ago. Oh, I love yeah. that film, I love that film. Those guys were at their height. This is going to be more like, uh, I suppose, the, uh, oh. the Beach Boys reunion tour of some sort. Oh, but Without God. all the, the right voices. It's going to be weird and i think it's i think bad but i'm you know whatever maybe it maybe it'll have some moments of transcendence wouldn't that be a an amazing feat yeah. and i think that's what they're probably aiming for oh, i'm sure they are i think they're aiming to blow the blow the house down you know like but uh i <laughs> i believe it when i hear it yeah i wonder if the spinning girls are going to be there if somebody said to you hey july 4th uh, we're in chicago here's a ticket You'd go if you had a free ticket. If I, yeah, I would definitely. What would you pay to go? You mean like scalping prices or what? You know, for the ticket, you're yeah. saying for the ticket. Yeah, if you if you're I don't in know the place what they're where it was for, happening, I probably would have to stop at about 
250 maybe I'll yeah that's too much i i i think face value is probably 100 150 bucks yeah. and i i I'd probably do that, but I wouldn't travel. I wouldn't hop on an airplane. But the funny thing is there's so much like, like the, yeah. When you mention these spinning girls, like, uh, the photograph angle of these kind of aging hippies doing one last <laughs> gig in a parking lot with nitrous balloons or whatever. Oh yeah, of is. course the nitrous. And yeah. I mean, or, or it's, is it just going to be a parking lot full of Al and Tipper Gore kind of yeah. people? I mean, it's it's just it doesn't even just talking about the parking lot feels really weird and gross. Yeah, you know? yeah. Think there'll be people with a their uh, pointer finger hanging on the top of their head asking for a miracle. Anyone? Oh yeah, yeah. The whole thing, the hotel scene, the yeah. people walking to the venue. I mean, the whole thing is it, it really feels like a shit show, and. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, a hundred bucks for access to watch five of these, um, you know, over the course of a couple weeks. So it's two shows this weekend, and then it's July Fourth weekend. There's three, and it's like, okay, that sounds like a waste of money in a fun way. Like I'm game. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> the Soldier Field ones are July Fourth, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, uh-huh. got it, got it. And then where are the ones this weekend? California. They're- they're in some stadium I've never heard of in Santa Clara. I think oh, it's right. a new stadium, you know, so in the Bay Area, down by San Jose. Right, right. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, let me know. Make sure you're, uh, I assume you've got a couple we of nice talk beers. New, um, yeah, we got to talk new music, too. There's some yeah, good yeah. stuff happening. Yeah, we got to talk That beer, I think you'll like. Beer, for sure, as well. Yeah, yeah. So I want to hear about All right, what bro. you're doing. All right, buddy. I'll, uh, I'll send you All the right. file. Speak to you soon.